Hi everyone! We're back with another episode of Case Study today, and this one is extra special because we have two guests here. Um, we have Kennedy Breeding and Cole Dowdy, both of whom are twins. They're not twins with each other. Um, Kennedy's a fraternal twin and Cole's an identical twin. Um, so today our topic is twinning. So Kennedy and Cole, would you guys mind introducing yourselves? Yeah, my name is Cole. I'm a second year med student. I'm from Crestwood, Kentucky, originally just outside Louisville. And yes, I am an identical twin. My twin's brother is, my twin's name is Tanner and he's in law school. So um, yeah, excited to talk to you guys all about my experience as a identical twin. I guess I'll go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kennedy. Uh, I'm a second year medical student and I'm from Whitesburg, Kentucky. I have a twin sister, we're fraternal, and uh, she is a middle school teacher who is teaching in Stockholm, Sweden right now. Wow, that's amazing. When, cool. did you, when did she move there? She moved there this summer. Okay, wow, that's crazy. Do you miss her? I do, I do. It's very weird. Like, this will be our first time we've not celebrated our birthday together this year. That's Which will so be weird. odd, yeah. I definitely went through something like that, like when I left undergrad, because Tanner and I had like basically lived in the same hallway for 22 years, and then when I went to med school, he went to law school. We were apart for the first time, so it was there was definitely a, you know, learning curve or like a, a new experience to get used to. Yeah, like it's that. like you don't have your sidekick with you. It's yeah. a little bit odd. Is yep. he at U of L? He's at he's in Cincinnati, so okay. it's only an hour away, but uh, yeah. Not as far as so, Sweden, but get, yeah, not as far as Sweden, not as cool as Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess you kind of touched on this, but did you guys like being a twin? How, what was it like growing up as a twin? Oh, yeah, I mean, I loved it. It's almost like having your own, like, conscience in front of you at all times, because, I mean, we basically are the same, ha had the same hobbies, uh, like the same music, you know, would bounce ideas off each other all the time, talk about the same thing, be on the same page, so... It's really good for like, uh, you know, putting yourself at ease and uh, always having like a sense of home or someone to go to. So I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it made sports and um, everything that much more fun just to have someone else to hang out with and, and enjoy company with, so. Awesome, that's very selfless of you. I yeah. feel like I would get a little <laughs> jealous like having to share my birthday. Yeah. My sister and I were a little bit competitive <laughs> just because we were like into the same things and stuff, but we were so different in the subset of things that we liked that it didn't really clash or anything like that. But we both really enjoyed being twins too. Well, that's awesome. And you guys are fraternal, but you look so much alike. We are, we get that a lot. Um, when we were babies, we looked exactly alike. <laughs> and now that we're a little bit older, we're starting to get some differences and stuff, but like I still look at pictures of us when we were younger and I have no idea who is who. <laughs> that is so wild because Fraternal twins, as you guys know, come from two separate eggs and two separate sperms. So it really is just at the time of ovulation, two eggs are available for fertilization, which is a little unusual. And then if both of those eggs get fertilized by a sperm, then you end up with two babies. But they're just, they're completely genetically separate. Yeah, we don't um, like to share. <laughs> we don't share any like the placenta or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Didn't share the placenta, didn't share amniotic cavity. So you were separate babies with separate sources of nutrients, but sharing a space that was really designed for one baby. So of course that crowding comes with some risks. 
Twins are at higher risk for chromosomal abnormalities, six times more likely to be premature. There's a higher rate of gestational diabetes in the mother, hypertension in the mother, peripartum hemorrhage, C-section, postpartum depression, and then, of course, parenting stress of just having two kids. Um, and all twins are at risk for that in utero death of one twin, but we are not really going to get into that today. So, Kennedy, do you know if with your pregnancy you had any of those complications come up? Um, I know that uh, premature delivery was a big concern for my mother because not only was she having twins, but she was considered like an older mother. She was in her 30s when she had us. Um, so she was put on bed rest at four weeks. Well, and so I feel so bad for her. She had to sit there for a very long time and be very patient, but she uh, made it to uh, 34 weeks. So she did good. She made it. Yeah. And uh, they just uh, pumped her with some steroids, kind of tying into some endocrine for M2. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were born. We didn't have any like health problems when we were born. So it was good. It was. It wasn't like anything like crazy complex or anything other than the bed rest. Yeah. Your mom sounds like a trooper. <laughs> and yeah, it's definitely good you guys made it to 34 weeks because I think it's that like 26, 28 week mark when you really have to worry about the fetus's lungs. And I'm sure that's part of the reason they gave you steroids too because yes. that helps with lung development. Kennedy, you said before we started recording that you have some other twins in your family. I do. Uh, I have a set of fraternal twins as, as well. They're my cousins, and uh, they were conceived through IVF, so they're IVF babies. Okay, totally makes sense. Definitely a higher instance of twin pregnancies when you do IVF. Are they fraternal or identical? They are fraternal. Okay. And then also in, like, my dad's line and my mother's line, there's also just, like, twins as well. There's okay. twins everywhere <laughs> in the family. <laughs> Wow, yeah, and some of those, so some are like natural birth and some yeah. are Yeah. Okay. Like my, my mother was concerned when uh, she was pregnant that it was going to be twins <laughs> because of the high rate of twins in both families. Okay. But two for the price of one. It's exactly. A, it's a good thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, the inherited twins, that is like kind of an interesting thing, especially for fraternal twins, I think it's more common just because there is apparently some gene and I don't know what gene it is but it makes women predisposed to hyperovulation so she'll be more likely to release more than one egg at a time Um, so a woman who is a fraternal twin is two and a half times more likely to give birth to twins because the mom likely had that (laughs) gene so then she likely passed that gene on Um, and that's why there's that kind of myth about twins skipping a generation just because if the, there's a mother and she does have um, dizygotic twins and one of them's a man, he's not going to have that gene. He's not going to hyperovulate just because he doesn't ovulate at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that male can pass that gene on to his female child if he has one and then she might have twins. So that's kind of that skipping a generation myth solved. But with IVF, there are actually higher rates of both fraternal and identical pregnancies. Fraternal totally makes sense because In a lot of cases, they're implanting multiple pre-fertilized eggs, just trying to give a higher chance of one of them, like, sticking. Um, So by implanting multiple eggs, you just have a higher chance of more than one of them successfully implanting into the um, uterus. And then for identical twins, that's kind of an interesting one. There's just a higher rate of that um, single existing embryo splitting. It could have something to do with 
the assisted hatching, and also the late implantation. It's a high rate of identical twins if you're implanting around like day five or six. So speaking of identical twins, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is kind of Cole's area of expertise. Very um, much so. This is this occurs when we have a single original embryo and it splits. So these are called monozygotic, which really makes sense. There's one zygote, one egg, one sperm come together to make one zygote, and then that eventually splits. And that splitting can occur at many different stages uh, within the first week or so. We have several different situations, um, dichorionic, diamnionic, monochorionic, diamnionic, or monochorionic and monoamniotic, which all just kind of correlate with different stages of development. So for dichorionic, diamnionic, this would be um, when that split happens in the first four days. So it's between two, two cell stage and the morula stage. And the morula is not very complicated. It really is just um, when the embryo has an inner cell mass and an outer cell mass. There's no invasion of the amniotic, amniotic fluid yet. So if, it, if the embryo splits at this stage, you'll end up with a separate placenta, a separate amniotic um, cavity. And you really kind of, you have the same genetic material, so they are identical twins, but similar to fraternal twins, you don't have as many risks. Um, and those babies aren't really connected in any way besides coming from the same embryo. The next situation we have is the monochorionic diamniotic, which is when splitting happens between four and eight days. Or the early blastocyst stage, which is when we have an embryo embryoblast and a trophoblast, and it's when that embryoblast splits. So the trophoblast is gonna go on to make the placenta. Um, so in this case, they're sharing a placenta, but still two separate amniotic sacs. The mono-mono situation is the least common. It only happens at about 1% of twins. Um, and this is when splitting happens between eight and 12 days. So this is the late blastocyst stage with the trophoblast forming two layers and the embryoblast is splitting into the epiblast and hypoblast. And the epiblast is what's gonna form the amniotic cavity, so that's not splitting either. The only thing that's really separating is that actual tissue, tissue that's gonna form the two embryos. Of course, in some cases, even that tissue doesn't split, and that's when we end up with conjoined twins. So anything after day 12 is still mono-mono, um, but conjoined twins arise when we have incomplete division of the embryonic disc with partial splitting of the primitive node and streak. So we usually determine what's going on, mono-mono, die-die, all that stuff in the first 14 weeks, just because the ultrasounds are more clear in that time. Mm -hmm. Cole, do you know if you and your twin, what your setup was? So no, I don't know exactly. I asked my mom, um, I guess she just can't remember. But if I were a betting man, I would probably say it was, we were, um, monochorionic, diamniotic, the most common. There wasn't a, a whole lot of uh, complications with her pregnancy. She was definitely very big. My mom's only like five foot. So um, there was like a C-section. We weren't too early. I mean, maybe like a few days. So yeah, we were pretty full term babies coming out um, of a very small, very small woman, <laughs> but it, it, it was fine. Um, yeah, I would say if I, if I were to guess, I would say we were probably monochorionic, diamniotic, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's definitely good news for your mom because the mono-mono yeah. twins definitely come with a, some extra risks. We have that twin-to-twin -twin transfusion syndrome right. where 
because there's one shared placenta, um, this kind of goes for anything that's monochorionic, mm -hmm. so monodi or monomono. You have that shared placenta, so you can have anastomoses that form between the blood vessels uh, of the of the two twins, and so you can kind of have unequal sharing of resources, and one twin can become the donor twin and one the recipient twin, which can right. become a little bit complicated. Um, and then another risk of a monochorionic pregnancy is that twin reversed arterial perfusion sequence, uh, which is when one twin lacks a functioning cardiac system, so the other one is forced to pump all the blood through both systems. Um, so that's termed the pump twin, and that can be really stressful on that twin. Hmm. And then monoamniotic, which is something you didn't have to worry about, was cord entanglement, which is not necessarily that um, detrimental to twins. Usually that doesn't really result in any complications, but in any situation where two twins are sharing one amniotic sac, there's going to be some twisting around of those um, umbilical cords. It, I, yeah, I wish I knew which, which type I was. When I was learning this material in first year, I was very curious, but um, yeah, so as far as the birth, the birth process went, it was uh, pretty pretty smooth. Uh, I will say my twin and I both had cleft lip and palate, which I don't know if that there's obviously, like, as we've been talking about, genetic risks, extra genetic risks with being a twin. So maybe I should ask or do some investigation whether there's a, you know, that could have implicated in that. But um, I think that was probably just a separate genetic anomaly. Um, and with the cleft lip and palate thing, that does, it's kind of interesting because you can tell, like, when that mutation happened. Yeah. Just they, they, they uh, were aware of it early on, like in one of the early ultrasounds. I'm not sure what week it was, but they found it. And with that condition, there's like extra things that go along with it, like cardiac, potential for cardiac anomalies or other, you know, they had to make sure we didn't have other type of more serious genetic conditions, but um, luckily it was just the cleft lip and palate, so um, yeah. Yeah, and that must have been something that already existed with that one single zygote that was fertilized yeah. because you both ended up with right, it. Right, exactly. Yeah. And there are some mutations that twins can develop. Identical twins, one twin can have a mutation that doesn't happen to the other twin. So mm -hmm. that is, identical twins can have some differences even at birth. And like, obviously you guys still have different like fingerprints and all that stuff. Right. So there are kind of outside influences that can act on identical twins in the womb and fraternal twins in the womb. Um, and it is interesting because like even though we we looked very very similar when we were young and we still do look similar but i i do think there's differences like i think he has a little bit more of a slender face i'm a little bit more broad um there's definitely temperamental differences um i probably have a worse i probably get worked up by things easier but it's it's interesting because obviously we came from the same egg but call it epigenetics or just like environment it's proof that like your environmental stresses uh, do play an impact on the outcome of how you are and, and even like physically how you can look. So Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Nature versus nurture comes exactly. into play again. My twin yeah. is definitely a nicer person than I am. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely more patient. She's a middle school teacher, so. Well, yeah, that does take some, some extra patience for sure. But you are definitely, I was in lab with Kennedy and so I know how patient she can be. <laughs> okay, you guys. I think we kind of covered it. Those are kind of the basics of fraternal versus identical twins. Um, and just a little bit about the risks of those different pregnancies and um, where twins can come from. Higher risk with IVF, higher risk with older maternal age, 
Um, even some foods you can eat can influence your likelihood of having twins. So if you listeners want to learn more about Kennedy and Cole, you can go to at case study the podcast on instagram and i'll have some pictures of them with their twins and some twin fun facts up there for you guys to just learn a little bit more about our guest today thank you guys for sitting down and talking about all this with me today no thank you for having me i I really enjoyed it so twins it's a good life i love being a twin so i'm glad i got to share my experience on this podcast for sure thank you so much for having us okay bye guys see you